All right, it is week two of the NFL season, and this is Stupid versus the Spread. As always, we're going to start with storylines. Uh, probably the biggest storyline of the week, week one. Uh, you'd think it would be oh, Kansas City losing, etc. It is not. Uh, it is, I would say, two with a third serious injuries uh, on key players that are probably going to have a material effect on the rest of the season. So, uh, obviously, the one that comes to mind first and foremost, which we'll touch on a little bit, uh, Aaron Rodgers is now out for the season with a torn Achilles. Uh, oh, I thought you were played... going to say Jack Conklin. <laughs> <laughs> he played a whopping four snaps. Uh, we all saw the Instagram meme of Aaron Rodgers highlights, and it's just him running out with the flag. Uh, all very funny, but uh, it it is crippling for the Jets. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, JJ Dobbins of the Ravens is also out for the season, I believe. Um, having suffered an ACL injury, was it? Is that confirmed? It was an Achilles. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Uh, and then Austin Eckler battling, um, some, some ankle damage, uh, from the chargers. I don't know that his is season ending. Hopefully not, obviously. Um, but still it sounds like he'll be out for a couple weeks. So something definitely to keep an eye on as you're a fantasy owner or just uh, trying to look at changes from previous weeks uh, to injuries of key matchups. Mike, I'll I'll let you dip on the Jets here. Obviously Uh, one of the biggest storylines from the week. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the win was awesome. Um, uh, I mean, it, a punt return in overtime to win the game. Fucking so cool. Yeah, I, let's get some things out of the way. Robert Sala is a great coach. Um, Agreed. I, I Joe Douglas is a good GM besides like going over two on quarterbacks. He knows what he's doing. There, Everything is there. And it just, the curse of the Jets can't get out of our own way. Um like it's so poetic that Aaron Rodgers gets injured on the new injury proof turf that Woody Johnson <laughs> and John Mara combined new invest in the MetLife stadium uh, on the fourth play. I-, I had this discussion with my brother, but like it, uh, <laughs> it's, he was like, I think that would have happened no matter what. It's just, it, to me, it's, I think maybe a little bit more given the toe plate on grass might have saved his Achilles, but either way, uh, it was just very funny that it happened on the fourth play. He's one and always as a starter, um, but the Jets are screwed. Like, I, I can't understand. We the Jets as a, and I don't mean like this year because they're gonna, they're as much as they're saying today. They had a huge press conference about how Zach Wilson is the guy. And they're going to ride with him for the re- – this is Zach's team, and they're going to ride with him for the rest of the season. They will not do that um, because as – I'm going to read what I sent to my friends, and some of this was in anger, and I don't mean any of it, and I'm I'm disclaiming uh, any sort of slanderous intent here. I'm just frustrated. Um, but my friend compared Zach Wilson to like having cancer that slowly kills you. I don't, think <laughs> that, I don't think that he's that. I think Zach Wilson is more like a compound broken leg sticking out of the skin to the horror of all observers. 
Everyone can clearly see that the Jets have a serious, gushing, potentially fatal wound to an otherwise healthy, capable body. Instead of just cutting the thing off, however, the Jets keep trying to stand up on this clearly broken leg, only to crumple and fall flat on their face despite the best efforts of the other 52 pieces of the body to try to stand up and walk towards some sort of competency. All the while, every Jets fan continues to scream that the clear problem is the gigantic, bloody, horrible bone sticking out of the skin and that it is something that we should do something about. While the other 31 teams fans look at us with a mix of pity for what could have been while also laughing at our misery as we continue to suffer critically fatal wounds over and over and over again like some sort of real-life Wile E. Coyote. Um, I think that is a satirical but accurate description of the problem with Zach Wilson. Um, I, if you watch the pick that he threw last night to, uh, Matt Milano, where oh, he, had, boy. he had both Dalvin cook and Ty, uh, Tyler Conklin wide open as checkdowns, And I, th- he threw the ball directly over Dalvin cook's head into triple coverage to try to hit Randall Cobb. And it got picked off because of course it did. Um, Zach Wilson is not like saved by an incredible catch by Garrett Wilson um, to even make this a game. Uh, He is not the person uh, that is going to lead this team to the playoffs. That's why they went and got Aaron Rodgers in the first place. But the problem is they, the Jets front office cannot sit on their laurels like they did last year and just say that it's Zach's team to ride through the end of the season and then figure it out in the off season. You have a team, and they proved it last night, that otherwise, across the board, across the roster, is capable of winning a Super Bowl. I I think there's no doubt about that. With the way the defense played last night, with the way that Mm -hmm. some of the skill position played, like Brees Hall was unbelievable. Um, Garrett obviously had that incredible catch. The offensive line held up okay. The only thing you need is a quarterback. And so you've got to go do something. But the problem is that the second that you do something, you vault yourself into near playoff contention, and that eliminates any possibility that you'll get a quarterback in the draft that can actually fix all of the problems that I just talked about. So we're going to perpetually go down this path of the Jets are just good enough to not get the guy who can change the franchise and bad enough that they'll never actually sniff a Super Bowl. So... If you're asking for my reaction of what happened last night, despite the fact that you had a magical win with an undrafted rookie coming back on a punt return in overtime, which is, I believe, the only third the third time in NFL history that that's ever happened, mm-hmm. um, the Jets still managed to make that horrible. I will say this. The biggest winner from Monday Night Football's game was the Miami Dolphins, and the biggest loser was the Green Bay Packers, who will forfeit a first round pick because they didn't meet the requirements for Aaron Rodgers to play 70% of his well, they didn't, they, It's not that they forfeited a first round pick. They just don't they, get Jets first round. Pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sent my buddy the, the uh, uh, curb your enthusiasm clip where the Jets killed Carl, where his friend Carl dies <laughs> of a heart attack. Like that was just so Jets. And then to have them come back was awesome. But I, I do think if I'm the Bills, I'm a little concerned with what I saw. Mm-hmm. I think maybe – Allen thought in his heart of hearts that he's like, I just, we're going to win this game. So like, I can just keep making interceptions and I can keep forcing the ball and eventually it'll work. That didn't happen. Um, but yeah, tough spot for the jets. Uh, and I struggled to think like what free agent quarterback is on the market 
um, There's not that a you're going to go get. This will be this will be a trade for Gardner Minshew or Mar- Marcus Mariota or like some other like journeyman backup. Like, it, what's the best case scenario here? Kirk Cousins, like Minnesota just folds by week six and you have a chance to go get Kirk Cousins for the rest of the season. And that's your best chance at possibly winning a Super Bowl with this roster. Uh, like, it's just, it's bleak, man. It's like when I'm sitting here going, you know what? If we got Kirk Cousins, that might be a chance to do something. Um, that's not good. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me throw out a couple of names. And this is this is not a joke. This is serious. Um, I don't think this will align with your owner's political views, but Colin Kaepernick technically is a free agent. No, uh, not, not with I know that's, that. I know he, yeah, persona non grata pretty much across the NFL. No, it's more, to me, it's more like if you're, if you're the Jets and you're looking for somebody, you need, all you need is a quarterback who is not going to do the things that Zach Wilson does, which is turn the ball over at a historically horrible rate. Like you just need, you need like a Case Keenum. That's that's the guy you need. I have another name for you, and I want to. I want a genuine opinion. Taylor Heineke, backup quarterback. Yeah, that, that was the other one. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. you would not give up. You would not give up a lot for Taylor Heineke. No. Desmond Riddler seems to be panning out, so you're not. You know, oh, he was barring. Uh, the Falcons Didn't look throw okay. for 118 yards. I. His completion percentage was 83%, Mike. Yeah, they were also playing one of the worst teams in football. I I think if they think he's going to pan out and you can yeah, get yeah. No, a third-round pick for a proven quarterback, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, he threw. He was 15 of 18 for 115 yards. Yeah, I mean, look, your, your, other, your, your other options are what, like, Phil Rivers, like Colt Tom McCoy. Brady, Colt yeah. McCoy, like they're not, those guys are too old to give you a genuine advantage. I, I do jokes aside, like I have an affinity for Taylor Heineke. He was one of my favorite quarterbacks. I think he's a backup goat uh, next to Colt McCoy. And I think he proved himself a little bit with Washington. And if the Jets defense is that good and all you need is a game manager with a decent arm, like Taylor's the guy. Yeah. I mean, I struggle to think who in the league else besides, you know, I feel like Mariota, you're going to give up a lot. Like some of the bigger names, you're going to give up a lot. The Jets don't want to do that, but you're not. I mean, they're not. I think they like a lot is at this point they're invested in this season. That's the other problem too, is like with the way that they structured Rogers salary, going out and getting Dalvin cook, bringing in some of the veterans that they brought in on defense. Like you're just, they were invested in this season to be the, sh- like this season and next season were the, it w- you had a two year window to go try to win a Super Bowl, And yep. it's just cause like there, you don't have a guarantee that Rogers comes back because why, why would a 39 year old with a torn Achilles attempt to play football ever again? Right. And I think that's part of the problem that Jets have too, is like, it could be, legitimately like 10 months before we find out Rogers is not healthy enough to get back on the field is not going to continue his contract and is going to retire. Like, I think you're in a double bad position just because of like where Rogers is in his career. Yeah. So no, yeah, no, it's awful. Like, and even then we just talked about the names that are going to hit free agency at the quarterback position. It's like Ryan Tannehill and 
Kirk Cousins. So, like, you can't even say, like, we could just run this back with another free agent quarterback class. Like, right. That's not happening. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm curious to see how the Jets kind of adapt. Other stories um, that we we kind of also haven't covered, there are a lot of big names at quarterback that struggled this week. I mean, Allen had like three interceptions. The Bills lost. Burrow looked like – Burrow had the worst game of his career last week. Lamar didn't – yeah, that was the signing bonus hungover. Um, Lamar, I mean – Granted, Dobbins got injured like midway through that game. Lamar didn't look amazing, I don't no, think. Won, that... but, but he didn't look good. I think Burrow's the one is, that's easiest to write off. Yeah, I, yep. those are the big three. You could throw Justin Fields in there too. I was going to say Fields as well. Maybe even Mahomes who didn't – but I don't attribute that loss to him at all, although there were one or two questionable decisions, I think. Yeah, and I mean, like, Geno Smith didn't play very well. Um, Daniel Jones looked absolutely lost, but that was more on his offensive line. Yeah. I think Allen is probably the one you're most concerned with, but also this just seems like something he does occasionally. Um, I, I, so we like, did say, like, the Bills don't start the season off well. They haven't for the past three years. That's just been kind of a trend, honestly. Yeah. And I just, it, to me, it was more just like, he bore it. He took complete responsibility for it. I'm not that concerned with him, as you'll see later. Um, I, it, it was just more the way that the he threw three picks. The third one was terrible. Like, it was, it was a out route in a cover three, or really it was cover two, because Whitehead was the safety over the top on that half of the field. But it was a bait cover, too, because Sauce Gardner might have picked that ball off if Whitehead didn't get it. Um, like, it was not, it was in a double coverage. It wasn't a good throw because Sauce knew it was coming. Now, Sauce had a bad game. Um, but, like, otherwise, that was not a good throw. And we forget Josh Allen fumbled on the first play from scrimmage after the Jets scored that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so. He, he, yeah, it was just, it was not a good game from him. I don't know that I expect it to continue, but it just was, was pretty shocking. But yeah, I think across the board, even guys like Kenny Pickett looked, who was somebody who people were excited about in preseason, looked terrible. Um, Jalen Hurts was a little underwhelming. Like they really let the Patriots back into that game. Uh, we talked about Geno. Yeah, just a lot of like poor quarterback play across the board. I mean, Kirk, Kirk was, like missing an action in the second half. Yeah. Um, just not a good week for, for quarterbacks. And that's probably why you saw a lot of upsets from, from teams that, uh, you know, otherwise had big names. Um, so it should be interesting. We'll, we'll start rolling into the games here. Uh, like we do every week, we're just going to rattle off every single game this week. <laughs> and then we'll talk about uh, each one as it interests us, especially the marquee matchups on, on prime time. So let's start Thursday night football. Uh, 8-15 kickoff, Vikings at Eagles. Vikings are plus seven after a pretty tough, tough week last week. Uh, although I don't think the Eagles would be thrilled with their performance either. Mike, do you have anything for this game, and what are your thoughts? Um, no. Although, so like week two, to me, this is one of those um, law of inverses sort of weeks. Like, and you'll see this in, in some of the, the plays I throw out. Whatever you saw last week 
throw it in the garbage and go the exact opposite way. Because that's the way the NFL works, right? Like, just just take what you saw last week, dump it right in the trash, because whatever you think is going to happen based on week one will probably not hold up, and the exact opposite will more than likely happen in the following week. So, mm-hmm. to me, this is this is one of those games where you have a a favorite against an underdog. The favorite won last week. The underdog lost the previous week. The logic here says Minnesota plus seven is the play. However, I just all I could think about is I, it had to have been was it last year where Minnesota went to uh, Philly and got absolutely crushed in prime time um, against the uh, against the Eagles and I just can't get that game out of my head. Um, so as much Minnesota, as- to my recollection, plays horribly against the Eagles for some reason. And horribly and that could just, time. Yeah. yeah. Like well, that's is- a that's an old Kirk Cousins trope more yeah. so than the, the Vikings themselves. Yeah, but it, it just, yeah, I you can't trust them to go into this spot and uh, and win, win this game, or I even think keep this within the number. I I would not go anywhere near this. Um, I uh like i said system says take uh t- take minnesota with the points but i'm i'm not touching this game so i took a look at this and i kind of lean and i hate that i'm saying this out loud but i kind of lean the vikings i 7 seems a lot i am i have been and i still am Probably a little higher on Kirk Cousins than most of the general public. Um, it also is concerning that 60% of the tickets are on the Eagles, but 70% of the money is on the Vikings. So that like means said, Sharps are on the Vikings. System play. It's a system yeah. play. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I lean it because it's a system play. I'll probably bet it because I'm a sucker uh, and I want to see points or I, I want to, you know, bet on a game well, I'm watching. You know, really lose. <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. And if Bill Belichick had kicked a fucking field goal instead of going for it on fourth and two, he would have won that game. Um, I also like the under here. I lean the under. I lean Vikings plus seven. No real picks, though. Uh, But I think this will be a better game than we think. I think it'll be a little lower scoring as well, which is why I like the plus seven. I don't see this as a shootout. It was last year. Uh, The Vikings went to the Eagles week two uh, on Monday night football, I believe. Uh, and they lost twenty four to seven. Still under fifty. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the week after. You know what it was because it was the week after Aaron Rodgers and the Packers went up to Minnesota and got smoked by the right, Vikings. right, right, right. And everyone Christian thought the Watson Vikings dropped were the, dropped browned. the seventy bomb to open the season, and everybody was like, "Wow, the Vikings are legit." Then they went to Minnesota and got, or went to Philly and got crushed. Got their shit rocked yeah I, I, you're right you're right all right moving on sunday noon uh sunday 1 p.m games noon central time uh no particular order we're just gonna i'm just gonna rattle them off uh and then we can talk about them uh but we're looking at chiefs at jaguars chiefs are minus three <laughs> over under uh, is 51 uh, Raiders at Bills. Bills are anywhere from eight and a half to nine point favorites, depending on your book. Uh, Over under is forty seven. Uh, Ravens at Bengals. Bengals are three point favorites. 
against the Ravens while at home. Over-unders 46-and-a-half. Uh, Chargers at Titans. Titans at home are a three-point underdog. Over-under in that game is 45-and-a-half. Seahawks at Lions. Uh, Seahawks are plus six. Over-under is 47 or 47-and-a-half, depending on your book. Uh, Colts at Texans. Dog water game of the week. Uh, but actually might be good. <laughs> Colts are one-point favorites right now, although they opened up as the inverse uh, with the over-under at 40. Uh, and Packers at Falcons. Packers are only one-point favorites? Eh, interesting. Uh, against the Falcons at home. Uh, Falcons are at home. Over-under is 40 and a half. Uh, and then the final game of the 1 p.m. slate, Bears plus three at Buccaneers. Uh, over-under is 41. Mike, just from this slate, uh, we're not going to break down every game because we don't do that, but uh, what from this slate do you like? Uh, I have, I believe, four plays. Um, by the way, I forgot to do this on the college football show. I'm 17-10 and 10 to start the season in college football. Yeah, you are. Um, so plug God. Um, go follow our uh, college football – or go listen to our college football podcast. They're on the same feed. Um, but – I am I am hot to start the year. That won't last, knock on wood. Um, but for right now, winning. Uh, <laughs> that, that will last, knock on wood. Or sorry, yes, that will last, knock on wood. Yeah, yes. I just saved uh, your I'm season. Sorry. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, you're. I'm not that superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> just somewhat stitious? Somewhat stitious. A little stitious. <laughs> um. On the NFL, uh, just so that you guys four two and one last week uh, to start the year. Thank you to Nick Sirianni um, and Bill Belichick for having a Canadian standoff over who was going to win that game um, by repeating repeatedly trying to give it to one another. Jesus Christ! Uh, don't get me started. Yeah, that saved the push on the under at forty five, and uh, Philly covered by a point. <laughs> Which was awesome. That got us to the four two and one push uh, there. Which well got me. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, four plays in this window uh, when I drive to Virginia to bet legally. Um, I am going to take the Chargers Titans under forty five and a half. Um, this isn't a uh, anti Chargers pick, although I think that they really fumbled the bag in that game against uh, Miami, despite how good Tyreek Hill was. They had chances to win that game. They like, what are you doing, dude? Like Brandon Staley is supposed to be a defensive coach. At some point, you have to double Tyreek Hill. At some point, you have to play press man. At some point, you have to not let him get a running start on like across the field motion and then run a go route as the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. Like it's you have to do something different defensively to keep him from going for two hundred thirty yards receiving or whatever he had. Um, mm-hmm. They'll play better this week, uh, I think, def- both defensively, maybe not offensively because they did score, what, 33? Um, but they go on the road against a Tennessee team that can't score. Um, this game, if it's going to be close, is going to be a rock fight. If it's going to be a one-sided game, the Chargers will blow them out. Either way, Tennessee can't score points. 45 is too many for both of these teams to get to the number here. Um, in addition, this is a system play in the sense that tickets are 55% on the over cash is 89 or sorry, 98% on the under. Um, so I like, uh, the chargers and the Titans to go under, 
Um, and then I have three system plays, the other system that I was referencing earlier, which is teams that uh, dis- lost or didn't cover against teams that won or did cover. Uh, there's three that jumped out to me in this window. Uh, Chicago plus three on the road at Tampa Bay. We're not sure if Tampa Bay is any good. We're not sure if Chicago is as bad as they are. You have an offense in Chicago that's probably better than they showed on tape this past week against a Tampa Bay Bucks team that benefited a lot from some, from some very sloppy offensive play from the Vikings. I don't think that holds up legal. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Tampa Bay is really any good still. Baker needed a lot of help to win that game. Um, all of that adds up to get, getting three on the road for Chicago. I think Justin Fields may ball out in this game. I really like uh, Chicago here. Plus, uh, 86% of the cash is on Chicago, 58% of the tickets. So Vegas agrees with me here as well. Uh, the next one, Kansas City uh, going to Jacksonville. They are a three-point favorite. Give me Kansas City here. Um, 77% of the tickets are on Kansas City, but 93% of the cash. Uh, Jacksonville was a little, I would say, underwhelming against um, – Indianapolis, a team we thought that they would dominate and they should have a stranglehold on this division. Kansas City, I understand, had a disappointing loss against Detroit. They should have won that game. Like, without Kadarius Tony, they win that game. Uh, this line is devalued for that reason. Within a Kansas City, within a field goal against anybody, are you picking against them? No. Yeah. And we'll jump the gun here. I have Chiefs minus three in this time yeah. slot, too. Like, why, why, why this line is so small because... Jacksonville won last week. Kansas City lost. That's the only reason. System play here. And like I said, Kansas City 70, getting 77% of the tickets, 93% of the cash. Vegas agrees. Take Kansas City minus three. Uh, last one, I, I talked about it earlier. Uh, here it is again. Buffalo minus nine and a half at home against the Raiders. Uh, Raiders won last week on the road at Denver. Um, Buffalo lost, obviously, at the Jets, thanks to a myriad of errors from uh, Josh Allen. That won't happen again, won't happen at home. Uh, I expect to bounce back in a big way. I also think Vegas was not that performance against Denver. We've been low on the Raiders, or sorry, not the Raiders, the Broncos, the entire mm-hmm. offseason. Um, the fact that Vegas found a way to win that game is not exactly surprising, but I don't think that says anything about whether or not Vegas is actually any good. Uh, I know 10 points is a lot, especially in the NFL, but Buffalo is – Definitely shown the ability to blow people out at home. Um, and this is a cross-country trip for the Raiders, back-to-back road games. Um, I expect Buffalo to play a lot more responsibly. I expect them to open up the field and hit a lot more deep shots and convert. They won't – Vegas's defense is not nearly as good as the Jets' is. Um, 10 is a lot to cover, but uh, Vegas is getting 55% of the tickets. 95% of the cash is on Buffalo. Uh, so another system play here. And then actually I have five picks in this window because I have another one. Um, give me Green Bay and Atlanta over 40 and a half. I like um, Green Bay. Okay. In spot, um, but the, you know, the, the cash splits are on Atlanta. Atlanta is a home dog. There's some Green Bay might not be as good as we actually think they are because they played a pretty horrendous Bears defense. Um, so I, I, I have some reasons I need to see it again from green Bay. I think green Bay is a lot better than most people thought, but I need to see it again from green Bay. I think this total goes over because you only need 20 from each team. 
Green Bay showed the ability to score. I mean, they obviously they put up close to 40 against the Bears defense. Atlanta's defense is not that great. Atlanta also was able to score against uh, Carolina, which is an underrated defense, I would say. Um, Green Bay's defense is pretty good, but they also gave up 20 to the Bears. I know a lot of that was in garbage time, but still. So if you need both teams to get to 20 to get the number, um, I, I like the over here. Vegas agrees with me. 59% of the tickets are on the over. 80, or 98% of the cash is on the over. I like it. And, uh, please. I like it. I, I'm on Chiefs minus three. I I do think the Jags are good. I think the Chiefs come out firing. Bills minus eight and a half. I'm also on. We did not talk about our picks beforehand, so it's. I think it's very fitting that we both wind up on this. This is going to be an angry, almost furious Bills team coming out with something to prove at home against a very bad Raiders team. Give me the eight and a half. I'll take Bills minus eight and a half every time. I like the Lions minus five and a half against the Seahawks. Uh, Lockett dealing with an injury. Uh, Seahawks are probably not the team we thought they were. Lions with some extra rest compared to other teams. Give me the Lions minus five and a half at home. Uh, I believe that's their home and opener, correct? They played at Kansas yes. City. That will be right. Um, so, and I, I think I think the Lions are good. I, I genuinely think the Lions are good. I think it's going to take another week and a half for people to catch up on the fact that the Lions have an explosive offense. So give me five and a half against the mediocre Seahawks team. And then I'll take Bears minus three and a bounce back against the Bucs. Um, I still think Justin Fields can be a guy for the Bears. I think the Bears are probably a little better than they showed. Um, turns out the boogeyman is still alive and well in Green Bay, so I don't think that helped them. But um, – I think there was something you could pull out of that second half and how they played and kind of scored a few more points to make you feel like the Bears could still have something. So give me three points against the Bucks team that won last week that, frankly, I don't think anybody expects anything out of this year. Um, moving on to the 4 oh, o'clock times. Sorry, oh, the yeah. only thing I was going to say was um, I like the, the Lions pick. Um, I was – a bit surprised to see that Seattle wasn't getting more of the action um, because that is another system game where Seattle very, very disappointing at home. But I think it's because Seattle, I think lost both starting tackles as well as Tyler Lockett. Um, and Detroit has two ends who can really get after the quarterback. Yeah. 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 Uh... Yeah, we'll see. It should be an interesting game. I think this is one of the more interesting ones in the 1 p.m. time slot just because of the implications for the Bears. Like, if you lose to the Bucs, you might be in trouble. If you win against the Bucs, maybe Green Bay was a fluke. You know what I mean? It could really be a determinant uh, if you drop 2-0-0-2 versus going 1-1. One one. Uh, next time slot, 4 p.m. time slot, we have uh, two, three, uh, four, oh, five games. So Giants at Cardinals. Uh, Giants are... Five and a half point favorites over unders 39 and a half. Uh, 49ers at Rams. Rams are uh, seven and a half point underdogs over unders 44. Uh, Washington Commanders at Broncos, uh, 325. Uh, Broncos are three and a half point favorites. Uh, you then have uh, Jets at Cowboys. Cowboys are nine and a half point favorites, approaching 10 over unders 39 and a half. Uh, and those are your four games. I think the Commanders one will probably be the most interesting. 
I personally, obviously, will be watching it, but I don't have a bet for that game. But Mike, give me anything you're betting this uh, this time slot. Um, I have one play. Uh, I'm taking the Jets Dallas under 39 and a half. Um, you and saw, most of America. Yeah, we saw nothing from um Dallas it, despite their 40 to nothing curb stomping of the Giants offensively. I think Dak had 143 yards passing. Um, and the the Giants are significantly worse on defense than the Jets are. Despite what will happen between the offensive side of the ball for the Jets, it will be very difficult to score against the Jets. Yeah, I, the only thing, the, the Jets' defensive injuries are going to pile up and they're they're just going to get exhausted because they're going to they're gonna play so many snaps because the offense is not going to be able to keep the ball. Um, I don't know what the Jets are going to do to stop the Cowboys' pass rush. That should be a fun little... Um, I mean, like, Zach Wilson might as well go out there covered in pillows or something because he's going to get absolutely <laughs> destroyed. Um, so all of that points, like, 40 here. I Like, who the Jets aren't scoring 14. Like <laughs> Prob- Probably not, unless Zach Wilson is a guy that has not shown his face ever. Like, and, unless Zach Wilson plays the best game he's played in four years. Ever. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I say four years because that would be back to, like, I think his senior season at BYU. Um, yeah, it, they're not they're not putting up 14, so your Dallas would have to get to 30-ish on their own. Like, and they only – they had how many defensive touchdowns against the Giants? That's probably not going to happen again. Um, yep. It's just – it's too many points for two teams that are incredibly reliant on defense. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like 17-3 or like even 14-3. Like this goes under by a mile. Um, yeah, you're right. Most of America is on the under 77% of the ca- or 77% of the tickets, 99% of the cash. So clearly Vegas agrees this is going to be an under game. The only, the only other one that I would lean I would lean the Giants minus five and a half. I know it's a cross-country game off a terrible loss going to Arizona. I really think, like, Arizona acquitted themselves well going on the road against uh, Washington, but I just, I can't bring myself to believe in anything that offense did. Um, and I, I think the Giants aren't going to be as bad as they uh, as they made themselves look against the Cowboys. I think the Cow- we talked about it, you know, in the previous show. I think the Cowboys' defense is is really good. Um, and the questions with that team are more on the offensive side of the ball. So, mm-hmm. uh, all that, all that adds up to, please give me, uh, please. Well, sorry. Um, I'm not taking it. I'm leaning it. But, uh, if you had, if you made me pick a side there, uh, I would lean giants. I'm not going to play. I actually, uh, kind of disagree with you here. I saw a little bit of decent defensive play from the Cardinals. I think if the Giants struggled that much on the offensive side of the ball, I could easily see the Giants not cover five. And this is, that's Uh, why, that's why I'm not taking it. It's like, yeah, it's just, you don't know, you don't know where the giant, the Giants problems are real or they just played a really good defense. And so I'll stay away from it until I know for sure. I just, I think it's more likely that the Giants bounce back than it is that they're just really, really bad now. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. So uh, it actually feeds into my play, uh, one of my two plays for this this time slot. I'm going to take the under in the Giants-Cardinals. The Giants showed me nothing on offense. Nothing. The Cardinals showed me very little on offense against a good defense. 
I think the Cardinals defense is a little better than people maybe expected, or at least they played Washington that difficult and, and a rookie-ish quarterback and Sam Howell that difficult. And Daniel Jones is not any different uh, as far as skill-wise, in my mind. Um, so I'll, I'll take this under at 40 and a half and, and think this is going to be, you know, a one touchdown total game and cause it very well could be. Um, and then my other for this time slot, 49ers Rams over 44 Rams showed they can score a little bit. 49ers obviously can kick the shit out of anybody. I lean the seven and a half, although it opened at four and a half minus four and a half 49ers. So I don't like the losing three points there. So I'm staying away from that, but give me the over 44, uh, in this time slot, 49ers Rams. So one under, one over. All right. Last two games of the week. We have Dolphins at Patriots Monday no, we night. Three. We've got two Monday night games. Oh, I wasn't scrolled down all the way. We have three Monday night games. Or, or two, two Monday, Monday night games and one, one Sunday night football. Jesus. I need to take a nap. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday night football, Dolphins at Patriots. Dolphins are minus two away at Patriots. Uh, over-unders 46 and a half. Uh, Mike, well, uh, I'm sorry. And then uh, Monday, 7-15, Saints at Panthers. Uh, Saints are plus, oh, sorry, minus three. Over-unders 40. And then Browns at Steelers. Browns are minus two. Uh, over-unders 39 and a half. What do you like from this time slot, Mike, and why? Uh, I just realized there are three home dogs. Three. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, th- all at the same number, uh, two and a half to three. Um, I think every single number is incredibly low for the performance that we saw. Yeah. From those home I, teams. But I think the one team that has the most potential to bounce back and the one team that might not, I'm going of these three, I have one and it's, uh, the Steelers plus two and a half. Um, I, yeah, I, New England, I think could really give Miami a game. Um, I I think that one's more like, I I think because it's Belichick, like you just, you just never know when Belichick's going to have the right game plan in the right system. Like they have a really good defensive line. Um, and that defensive line wasn't really tested, even though they played Bosa and Khalil Mack. Um, Miami's offensive line. Sorry, my Miami's offensive line wasn't really tested, despite the fact that they played two pretty good ends. Um, they kept to an upright that entire game. They give up no sacks. Uh, that's not going to happen against uh New England. New England is going to find a way to get pressure. They're going to find a way to disrupt to his rhythm and timing with Waddle and and Tyreek Hill. And I could just see coming off of a very impressive offensive performance that Miami has a much more difficult time against New England. I, I, I'm not taking it because I could also see a, a situation where Miami wins by 14. But uh, I thought New England acquitted themselves a lot better than I probably thought they were going to against Philly. I could see a world where Belichick makes this game horror on Mike McDaniel. But of these three, I think the team with the most bounce-back potential at home, home opener, primetime spot, is Pittsburgh. I... Cleveland won a messy game in the rain against Joe Burrow, who historically underperforms in his opener, especially when he doesn't play in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much to take away. Off from an that. injury. Yeah. 
I don't know how much to take away from Cleveland's win. Pittsburgh, in contrast, played maybe the best team in the NFL. Um, or sorry, so Pittsburgh's not a home opener. I apologize. They they played at home, but the Steelers played maybe the best team in the NFL and got punched in the mouth and sort of reeled for a bit until they got their legs under them. And then they didn't make it a game, but they they at least traded blows for the rest of that game. Game is already out of hand, but they seem to function a little bit easy, like more readily offensively. They lose Deontay Johnson, which is a big loss, but Allen Robinson moves outside. They probably got some guy nobody's ever heard of that's going to fill in the slot, and they'll be all right. They got two good running backs, Fryermuth and Darnell Washington tight end. I think that they have a chance to get it going offensively in this game. Cleveland will be riding high off of their win, but I don't know that we know a lot about their offense. And it's a road game. It's a division matchup. Uh, the Steelers are a winning franchise. The Browns are a losing franchise. All of that points to, to me, take Pittsburgh with the points. I know it's just a field goal, but this feels like a situation where Mike Tomlin finds a way to get the best out of his guys and go win a game. Um, so I'm going to take Pittsburgh plus two and a half. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. So this slot, uh, honestly, I like the Dolphins minus two. I know it's uh, probably not the most intelligent play of the slate. Um, Sunday Night Football, I think the Finns are going to come out with the understanding that they have the opportunity to capitalize on their division with the Bills having lost. Uh, if you can take away a win from the Patriots, uh, you're 2-0. You know the Jets probably, as we have ad nauseum discussed, are probably not contenders at this point on offense, which makes them not contenders. So your biggest competition is the Bills. You can come out fired up on a Sunday night and take a game, staying up a game on the Bills, who will probably win. Uh, I think the Dolphins come out and fire fire uh, a pretty good shot at the Pats, uh, despite the fact that the Pats are at home. I think the Dolphins have shown me they have the potential to be a very good team when two is healthy. I would like to continue to see that, so give me the Finns minus two. I don't have a play for the Saints-Panthers game, although I will say I don't know. I, I probably lean the under in the, the remaining two games. Um, I, I don't think – I'm not as high on the Steelers. I don't know that the Steelers really have much to show. And I, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm concerned. This might be the year – that you are below 500 team. Um, I don't know that Kenny Pickett's really getting it done. Uh, they don't really have anything on the defensive side of the ball that impresses me. I thought watching them struggle last week was very difficult because there was just nothing for them to do. It was a very, very abysmal game. And if you lose to the Browns, close that's fine but if you lose lose to the browns i would be very concerned and i would be very concerned that deshaun watson might be skill level on an upside right now compared to the steelers who don't really have in my mind much to stop a good offense if that makes sense so i i don't i lean the under in both of those games. I also lean Browns minus two a little bit. Nothing for the Saints Panthers on the spread, uh, but those uh, I'm sticking with Dolphins minus two for that uh, Sunday night football game. I think the Dolphins really could be a very very good team, and I think if they're going to win their division and they have a good chance to do so, it starts with 
beating the crap out of your division opponents in prime time at their house. So I'd love to see it. Interested to see what they do. I Trust me, I would love to see it too. I just... I know the story with Belichick, and it just it never goes that way. I believed that until this past week, and I hate to like go on a tangent here, but that Belichick's decision to go for it on fourth and two cost him the game last week. The Eagles, the Eagles won twenty five to tw- to twenty. If Belichick kicks that field goal, he's down two with all three timeouts and like five minutes of game left. The Eagles drove down the field, kicked a field goal. All he would have had to do was match. He would have won. It would have been twenty six to twenty five, and he didn't do it. And that I, I don't know. I, I I was very very frustrated with the play calling, having wanted to see the Eagles lose. Um, but I, it is what it is. Did his best to give that game back. Uh, I mean, they, like we said, they both were like, "No, you can have this game." And no, you can have this game. <laughs> yeah. And then um, in the end, the Eagles still came out on top. Yeah, I'm I'm probably a little higher than you are on Pittsburgh. Just and that's really what it is. Is it's me being high on San Francisco. It's just like San Francisco might just be an absolute juggernaut. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I mean, their odds did go from like minus five hundred to win the NF or minus two hundred to minus five hundred to win their division over Yeah, and I, yeah, I think that's more like Seattle. But I like they're they looked so unstoppable. Um, when Brandon Ayuk is just dominating you and you don't even have to get your top three weapons involved. Um, yeah, you're, you're a good team. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it should be an exciting week of NFL football. Very excited for, for this week, to be honest. I think you're going to see a lot of game changers, um, or maybe, maybe a better picture of what we can anticipate the year looks like. We'll see. But, uh, That has been our show. Thank you for watching. Like and subscribe. Tune in to the College Football Podcast. We do the same thing, break down spreads of important games. We focus on five of the most important games of college football in that one, uh, and then give picks. So like and subscribe, and thank you for listening.